48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Vicky Wong. The headlines. The CE tells business leaders his administration will balance the economy with COVID-19 concerns. The chief secretary says more pandemic restrictions could be eased after a positive reaction to last week's hotel quarantine cut. And the boss of the Kaitak terminal warns cruises aren't coming back anytime soon, with operators planning schedules without Hong Kong. The chief executive, John Lee, says his government will ensure that it keeps the economy going alongside its efforts to rein in COVID-19. Speaking at a forum, he said he understood the importance of maintaining international connectivity and competitiveness while safeguarding public health. He told business representatives that he is well aware that they want to resume normal travel with the mainland. I hear you clearly, but I must stress that connecting with the world and connecting with the mainland are in no way contradictory to each other. On the latter, we have been maintaining good liaison with the mainland counterparts. We support and respect the mainland's anti-epidemic strategy and maintain cooperation in joint prevention and control. My preliminary goal is to reduce the degree of inconvenience to travelers without bringing about additional risks to the mainland's epidemic situation. The Chief Secretary, Eric Chan, says the government is prepared to further ease COVID travel restrictions if conditions allow, saying such changes are to the benefit of everyone in Hong Kong. He said people had welcomed the last week's move to reduce the amount of time incoming travellers must spend in hotel quarantine, which he said posed little risk to the community. He was also asked about progress towards resuming quarantine-free travel with the mainland. We have been discussing actively with the mainland authorities on how to, I would say, resume the quarantine-free travels between Hong Kong and the mainland. And uh, I think we will make announcements at suitable occasions. Mr Chan was speaking after he and several other senior officials met lawmakers for a second round of informal so-called anti-chamber talks. Officials kicked off the one-and-a-half-hour session with a discussion of a territory-wide clean-up that was launched on Sunday, before listening to concerns from lawmakers on matters such as anti-pandemic measures. Mr Chan's deputy, Warner Chirk, who's leading the operation to clean up black spots, says the administration and legislators agree that there's a need to review hygiene laws. We were looking at whether the existing legislations are adequate in terms of empowering government department to properly carry out their duties and also the adequacy of the penalty. We will take a holistic view and if necessary, we will propose changes to existing legislation or even we will explore the prospect of enacting a new legislation. The operator of the Kaitak cruise terminal says it will take between three and six months to bring cruises back to Hong Kong, and many had set itineraries bypassing the city. Jeff Bent, managing director of Worldwide Cruise Terminals, told RTHK that only Royal Caribbean was still here and pushing to get cruises to nowhere restarted for the first time since February. Mr Bent said operators needed transparent COVID policies, such as details of when cruises would be suspended if cases were found. The rest of the world basically treats COVID as a flu now, and in general, the only requirements related to COVID are either you're fully vaccinated or you take a test before embarking, and there aren't any other conditions for sailing. So the cruise lines that went from being in a very fluid position now have itineraries planned out for their ships for the next several years. So it'll be much harder for us to, to bring a ship to Hong Kong now especially if our policies are not aligned with the rest of the world. 
An NGO has called on the government to consider introducing a dental care voucher to give more people access to subsidised care. The call comes amid reports that people have queued overnight at government clinics to secure a dental appointment after COVID forced a cut in the daily quota earlier this year. Ivan Lin from the Society of Community Organisation told RTHK's Backchat programme that a survey it carried out found that 95% of the SAR's elderly population don't have regular checkups and that the city's elders have been badly affected by the lack of access to dental care. One reason based on the COVID situation, so there are less uh, service quota and also because the border is closed, so many elderly, they would have gone back to mainland to receive treatment. They have been unable to do so, so they have to stay in Hong Kong and they also could not afford the private services, so they have to queue up. We see the oral hygiene situation for elderly is a lot worse because they do not receive any uh, school dental care services when they are young, so some of them, they do not know how to take care of their teeth. Speaking on the same programme, Dr Spencer Chan, the vice president of the Hong Kong Dental Association, said the SAR had just 3.8 dentists for every 10,000 citizens. He said the government had lost dentists to the private sector in the past few years and said public-private partnerships could help improve services in the short term. Dr Chan says more locally trained dentists could be allowed to practice here on a similar basis to a new government scheme opening the doors to doctors trained elsewhere. and uh, they allow the limited registration for the NLTD, which is a non-locally trained doctors, to work solely in government's facility, you know, under close supervision, of course. And for a period of time, and they're suggesting five years, and then after passing the licensing exam, then they might go out to serve the public. Turning overseas, the Republican Liz Cheney, a fierce critic of Donald Trump, has lost the nomination for her seat in the U.S. Congress to a woman who supports the former president's unfounded claims of voter fraud. Ms. Cheney told her supporters in the state of Wyoming that she'd conceded to her rival Harriet Hageman. Two years ago, I won this primary with 73% of the vote. I could easily have done the same again. The path was clear, but it would have required that I go along with President Trump's lie about the 2020 election. It would have required that I enable his ongoing efforts to unravel our democratic system and attack the foundations of our republic. That was a path I could not and would not take. President Biden has signed into law the biggest ever investment to fight climate change in the U.S. The bill, known as the Inflation Reduction Act, includes more than 400 billion U.S. dollars of new spending. It's going to offer working families thousands of dollars in savings by providing them rebates to buy new and efficient appliances, weatherize their homes, get tax credit for purchasing heat pumps and rooftop solar, electric stoves, ovens, dryers. It gives consumers a tax credit to buy electric vehicles or fuel cell vehicles new or used. And it gives them a credit, a tax credit of up to $7,500 if those vehicles were made in America. The legislation also contains reforms to the price of prescription drugs and introduces a minimum 15% tax for corporations. Mr. Biden said it was one of the most significant laws in America's history. 
The UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres is to go to Ukraine tomorrow for a meeting with the presidents of Ukraine and Turkey in the city of Lviv. Mr Guterres' spokesman, Stefan Dujaric, announced the trip at a news conference in New York. The Secretary General will then go on to Odessa the next day where he will visit the port that is one of the three being used as part of the Black Sea Grain Initiative. Before returning to New York over the weekend, the Secretary General will be in Istanbul to visit the Joint Coordination Center set up to implement the initiative. Mr. Dujaric said the Secretary General will also want to discuss the danger posed by continued fighting around the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant. The British government has accused the European Union of breaching the post-Brexit deal by not granting the UK full access to scientific research programmes. The BBC's Palab Ghosh has the details. Brussels had agreed to the UK's continued participation following Brexit in the withdrawal agreement 18 months ago. Then it changed its mind last year following the dispute over the Northern Ireland Protocol. This latest move by the government is the start of a 30-day consultation period with Brussels to resolve the issue, after which a lengthy legalistic arbitration process begins if agreement is not reached. But those following the negotiations believe that after the 30 days are up, there will be no resolution. And rather than going to arbitration, the new Prime Minister will instead announce the UK's own international research programme. Several international writers are expected to read aloud extracts from the work of the author Salman Rushdie in New York on Friday, a week after he was stabbed at a literary event in the state. The readings will take place on the steps of the New York Public Library, which is organising the event called Support Salman, Defend the Freedom to Write. African leaders have congratulated the Kenyan politician William Ruto for winning his country's presidential election, despite the result having been rejected by the opposition leader Raila Odinga. The leaders of Uganda and Ethiopia said they looked forward to working closely with Mr Ruto's government. Zimbabwe's Emerson Minangagwa expressed confidence that he would be a reputable leader, but Mr Odinga said the victory announcement on Monday was illegal because it was declared without the agreement of the majority of the election commissioners. Salim Lom is a long-term advisor to Mr Odinga. The law on elections is crystal clear. It says that the chairman of the Electoral Commission needs to have the majority of the commissioners, who are seven in number, with him to agree to his announcement. He's not having seven. He only had two others with him. It's a clear violation of the law and the Constitution. In financial news, Hong Kong Exchanges and Clearing has reported an interim profit for the first half of the year of $4.8 billion, down 27% compared to the same period last year. The stock exchange operator reported slower trading volumes and fewer listings amid weak market sentiment, resulting in a reduction in revenue from trading and clearing fees. Total revenue and other income slipped 18%, while operating expenses went up, with the bourse operator citing higher staff costs and professional fees. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 20,034. That's 202 points down up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $44 billion. In currencies, the US dollar is trading at 134.14 yen. The euro stands at 1 US dollar and 1 cent. And the pound gets you 9 Hong Kong dollars and 48 cents. Turning to sport and we start with football and qualifying for the European Champions League group stage. Rangers were held to a two-all draw by the Dutch Giants PSV in their playoff round first leg at Ibrox in Glasgow. The BBC's Alistair Bruce Ball has details. 
Rangers wanted it loud, they got it loud, and it was nearly another famous European win at Ibrox until Armando Obispo burst the balloon with his headed equaliser 12 minutes from time that must now make PSV favourites for the tie. But Rangers will certainly take heart from the way they took it to their opponents, particularly in the first half, bouncing back from 1-0 down to score the goal of the game through Antonio Cholak, and then got 2-1 in front after the break when Tom Lawrence's free kick somehow squirmed from Valter Benitez's grasp. Their fallibility at defending corners cost them for both goals though and those Champions League group stages still seem a long way away heroics required in the Netherlands next week. Elsewhere the Norwegian side Bordeaux Glimt defeated Dinamo Zagreb 1-0 FC Copenhagen were 2-1 winners against Turkish champions Trabzonspor Cristiano Ronaldo's future at Manchester United could move a step closer to being decided this month with an exit from Old Trafford looking increasingly likely. Ronaldo wants to leave, but United have been bullish about keeping the striker who's under contract. The BBC's Simon Stone has the latest. Manchester United are having uh, a bit of soul-searching in terms of their terrible start to the season. And while it's not all being blamed on Ronaldo, part of the uh, problems they feel are down to Ronaldo and his mood and his desire to leave. And they think it's having a negative influence over the rest of the squad. So, yes, finally, Manchester United are coming round to the idea that it may be better for all concerned if Ronaldo leaves Old Trafford during the current transfer window. Everton have rejected a formal offer from from Chelsea for Anthony Gordon, believed to be around 54 million US dollars. Everton insists they don't want to sell their England under-21 international. Chelsea are expected to come back with an improved offer. Elsewhere, Manchester City have signed left-back Sergio Gomez from Anderlecht on a four-year deal. The Spaniard will wear number 21 for his new team. And Wolves have agreed a club record US$46 million fee with Sporting Lisbon for the Portugal midfielder Mateus Nunes. In tennis, Serena Williams has been beaten in the first round of the Cincinnati Masters. The American faced Britain's US Open champion Amit Raducanu in the first round and the teenager came through 6-4-6-0. The 40-year-old Williams had earlier hinted she will retire after the US Open, which starts later this month. And the weather, hot with a few showers, sunny periods in the afternoon. Mainly cloudy tonight, moderate southeasterly winds. The outlook, sunny intervals and a few showers in the next couple of days, becoming mainly fine and very hot early next week. The temperature right now at the observatory is 32 degrees Celsius, humidity 72%. To end the news, the top stories once again. The CE tells business leaders his administration will balance the economy with COVID-19 concerns. The Chief Secretary says more pandemic restrictions could be eased after a positive reaction to last week's hotel quarantine cut. And the boss of Kaitak Terminal warns cruises aren't coming back anytime soon, with operators planning schedules without Hong Kong. The news from RTHK.
It's a dilemmatic situation. Do I take you home and bite the bait? Overload analyzation of love. Suppose I'm the mug for you. And welcome to the One Two Three Show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Tuesday. Oh, no, not Tuesday. Wednesday afternoon. <laughs> Wednesday, the seventeenth of August is today's date. Many thanks once again to Todd, Todd Harding for doing the show yesterday, which was Tuesday. Ah, that's right. I'm missing a day of this week. I'm back again. Thank you once again to Todd and cheers to Phil. Cheers, Phil, for the morning brew, and thank you to the newsroom. We've got a busy program today. We're going to be uh, focusing a little bit more about our wellness, a bit of Wellness Wednesday, if you like. And this afternoon, we'll be talking about postpartum health and recovery. We'll be chatting with physiotherapist Emily Wong from Joint Dynamics, and we hope to bring you that interview on Facebook Live as well. And Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3 is the page to go to. And, uh, of course, you can listen in live. And if you uh, aren't able, to, if you are able to join us on Facebook, I mean, then feel free to comment there and share your experiences. And after the uh, after the two o'clock news, Cruzy McCalligan joins us for our midweek audio column. 